to put a thousand horsepower in a Honda doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like you could do it like hundred percent, like go ahead, do your thing, but you can't tell me that it's a good car to drive and that it makes sense. You're going to put 50 G's in it to make that thing go someplace. And then you're never getting that money back out. They end up getting parted out because they're worth more as parts than they are oh, together as a car. Okay. Yeah. Cause yeah. no one's paying 50 grand for a civic. No. Welcome to another episode of Modify with Trick Factory Customs. If this is your first time watching, my name is Elvis. Tim. David. <laughs> Just kidding. It's Rob. <laughs> David. Okay. I'm looking for some outlandish names. So do better. Come on, yeah, Rob. Yeah, I know. Do come up with well, honestly, some... <laughs> my mind was taking me to like Jimmy Jean or something oh like that. <laughs> oh my god! I, I just couldn't. I couldn't pull the trigger. Come on up that. with some like African name or something. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't even know how to do that. Do some research. <laughs> I know. I'll, I'll, I'll give you some ideas later. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay, we'll talk later. Yeah, but uh, if this is your first time watching, we are a custom automotive shop based here in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and. Uh, we started this podcast because we love to talk about cars, modified cars specifically. And create havoc. Yes. And that. <laughs> and on this episode, I think it's going to be uh, creating some havoc uh, because Tim brought up a topic idea. <laughs> <laughs> Why you got to put it on me, man? <laughs> um, I honestly so, think you'd like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Huh? Oh, well, I just so, learned a lot in all my no. years. Mm. There's a lot of wisdom to be had there. And there is smarter. Yes, and so with that being, or with that being said, we are going to be discussing cars that do not make sense to build. So mm. I always thought that financially, financially, okay, financially, okay. okay. Oh, I always okay. thought you can build anything. Yeah, um, but as you get smarter and you get, oh, I guess, older. Mm. got to be smarter. We, I'd like to yeah. say mature. Mature. Yeah. <laughs> mature. You got to know when to transition to another platform. Oh, okay. So we're going to be talking about that today. Uh, I have some questions about this one as well, uh, because I would want to hear uh, where, where he's going from. And so with that said, uh, how has the week been for y'all? Uh, I said y'all. Y'all. I used to live in Kentucky. Like it's fine. I like that. <laughs> no, I like y'all. Thank you. Thank you. I pulled that one out on occasion. Sweet. Myself uh no it's been good okay we're getting cars ready for a show coming up so yeah just hauling ass trying to get those things finished yeah so in, in, in amongst like trying to like keep the production of the of the main shop you know yeah wire these are, going these are shop so it's, cars, it's been so. a bit of a it's been a bit of a push this is kind of like a mini sema crunch yeah pretty much yeah yeah so we're, we're getting ready for the driven show uh, the Driven Calgary show, March. No, no, May. wow, we're in May. <laughs> May 6th. May 6th. Sorry. May. Duh. Yeah. So we're trailering one and then road tripping the other. Yeah. So it'll be a bit of an adventure. Yeah, that's going to be fun. After journey, the journey is. It's yeah. always the best yeah, part it's of it. It's best. my yeah. favorite part of it all. I, I like the journey there. I'm you know, so the mad. The destination's I'm miss that. cool, oh. but standing like, around the show is—I mean, we've done it a million times, but half the time getting there is half the fun. Oh yeah, yeah. And most of our craziest bad ideas generally happen on the trip home from the show. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, if we reflect back a lot of the times, like we'd have like the most deep like <laughs> conversations on the way back from any kind of major yeah. event because you got time to break it down. Yeah, and you're. You have a captured audience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
what else are you going to talk about other than modifying cars? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that's basically all we've been doing. Yeah. So your slant nose and the Evo. Evo. Yeah. Those are going to be really fun. And And that's almost been a complete redo. Not really, but all the plumbing and stuff has been a big big project on the evil evo right yeah. i mean you did a huge you did a huge thing by saying oh i'm gonna put a dry sump on this thing so you got a beautiful daily engineering dry sump system put put onto it is basically like the best of the best like if, if you want to dry sump they're like the the pinnacle sorry to interrupt you there but in case for our new listeners uh in case you don't know what the evil evo is it's tim's mercedes 190e it's uh pretty much has a wide body or it's uh, like an evo 2 kit it's a version it. of the evo a version yeah, of the evo yeah. 2 kit it's, it's a modified. highly modified <laughs> yeah. version yeah. um and we're working on making production uh units of those so people could build their own yeah um and it also has a it's capable of what 2000 horsepower no, no well the bottom end sustain yeah it's built yeah, to it sustain. based on my fuel system and my setup it'll be we could do 15 yeah mm-hmm. so i mean that's the number that gets thrown around but realistically it'll probably be between 900 and a thousand yeah uh, ah yeah. So, yeah so yeah you break down the spec sheet on it those turbos are good for like you know eight eight fifty each yeah. that's kind of what their their top end would be your yeah. fuel system's capable the engine is fully built texas speed you know like you said oil uh we just put a dry sump dry sump, dry sump so, so that in theory, well, not in theory, it'll give it even more horsepower than it had before. Yeah, it frees up a lot of that, so, so it's cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'll rev faster, produce more power, all these things, nice. but it's been, I wouldn't say, yeah, the plumbing side of it is, man, it's, it's expensive. It's major. <laughs> yeah. Everything's dash 16, like oh. it's dash 16. Like, and if you don't know what, what those are, pretty much they are the different sizes or and. 16 or 10 or those are all different sizes for the hoses pretty much right and so the price of those jumps up exponentially as you go up in size i'd say once you get beyond dash eight which is half inch yeah it starts getting really ridiculous yeah yeah Yeah, every every single i'd say it probably doubles every dash jump from there (laughs) yes i think double is the right term yeah yeah so, so it, it's it's ridiculous, and the Evil Evo has all AN everywhere. Yeah. It's it's major. And I think you were it's saying you have deal. about how many thousand fittings? I, th- I think <laughs> we're at like you talking dollars. Like no, <laughs> I mean, and that too. Yeah. But. No, I think we have three hundred AN fittings in it. Yeah, that's front to back. Crazy. That's bulkheads, fittings, like because the air's all AN. Everything's AN in it. Yeah. So it looks crazy, but it's been. Yeah, it's been expensive. Yeah. <laughs> and we get help from Mopac, like yeah, Performance discounts. World. They help us out, and it's still, I don't even it's know. It's still a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, even with our discount, it's like, it's still, insane. Yeah. I would say there's probably four, five, six thousand dollars $6,000 in fittings and line in it. Nice. Because once you get into the 16s, like just two fittings and a bulkhead is 300 bucks. <laughs> Like it's crazy. That's crazy. And then the hose is twenty five dollars, thirty dollars a foot. Oh, and we foot. don't even have the crazy stuff. We have friends messing with like TRX lines that are like triple the money. Oh yeah. Gosh. So yeah, that's real race car stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's for like you know if you're taking it on and off, you're servicing this thing over and over and over again. Yeah. You you start to 
you know the requirements for the fittings even yeah they they come in different tiers yeah yeah i so. think there was somewhere i saw like a quick release an fitting I yep. was mind blown by yeah. that. I was like, this is the best invention ever. Yeah, so if you got to pull a motor oh. every time you run, that's what you want. Yeah, yeah. And you even can mine. get those, sorry, you can get those quick releases for almost any plumbing requirement, like right down to your brake lines. Yeah. Like, that is so, so cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But I can't yeah. even really imagine cool what that would cost. Yeah. Because <laughs> even my car, the way it's set up with all the AN and the way Steve wired it, I can have my motor out in less than an hour. That's pretty cool. So, yeah. and then they got to shave even time off of that. They got those motors out in like 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. But it comes at an expense. See? Yeah. And we're also driving the slant nose. Yeah, we're, we're driving, driving the slant, slant nose yeah. to Calgary from here in Vancouver, BC. So it's like a nine to 10 hour trip. And kind of the roll of the dice right now is that everywhere in Canada, outside of where we live, there's, there's potential snow. for snow. That's why I keep asking Tim, I'm like, are you sure winter tires? You I put, have a you put winter tires put on the cars. tires on it. Yes. You don't want to die. No. Winter tires on the slant nose. Are you, you nuts? know, it's 335 winter tires cost is, is, uh, I mean, plus the things two and a half inches off the ground. <laughs> So, so it's so it's potentially going to be a snowplow. Potentially, potentially. Yes. that yeah. doesn't sound safe. You're like man. one of those push shovels anywhere that doesn't have snow. It has fine. summer we tires got these giant on push shovels that fine. we use. That'll be the slam. I am honestly concerned. That's half the adventure. This. Oh my god! Maybe no. we'll have to leave it at some truck stop someplace and <laughs> oh keep going. See, we talked about we talked about the the journey, and this is part of it. It's like you roll the dice, man. I'm you know, almost. We're doing I'm so this. mad that I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be flying down on Friday or on Saturday morning, early morning, 5 a.m. But I'm so mad that I'm not gonna be able to drive there with you guys. But I'm driving back, so yeah. I'm sure I'm gonna miss some glorious stories. Oh my gosh! I really hopefully hope, we have no stories. I really hope. <laughs> yeah, you guys make it there in one piece. With, yeah. But I'm still kind of concerned about those summer tires in that car. But well. <sighs> We'll find out. Okay. Yeah. They're brand new. <laughs> if you don't know what the slant yeah. nose is, it's a 996 Porsche with uh, old new, modified old new wide body kit on it. And yeah. it looks magnificent. If you're watching this on video, uh, I'll put up a picture on it so of, of it so you can see it. Mm, it looks cherry. It's very polarizing. Uh, when, we, when we first yeah. debuted that one to the world, it was either people loved it or they absolutely thought we destroyed a great car true <laughs> i think a lot of it had to do with that porsche purist yeah like that's a yeah. real thing yeah, yeah. porsche porsche purist and the thing that i found serious. most about the porsche purists like the really hardcore ones don't even own porsches yeah. oh very true they're the craziest because <laughs> to them that's like the absolute pinnacle you know, pinnacle mm. of german perfection and the fact that you even touched it but 996 yeah. was always not very, I mean, it's always been the black sheep of the Porsche family. It has been. For a while, but I think it's coming back up to appreciation status now. Yeah, I, th I think a lot of people are just realizing that it is a really great platform, yeah. um, regardless of whether or not. I mean, I think most people only really hated on it because it was so Fried egg different. headlights. Yeah. It was yeah. so much of a departure from every other iteration before that. That yeah. was the first generation water-cooled body styling was absolutely completely different and most people hated it yeah and i've come to love it now it's gotten a lot more popular yeah 
and it dipped to a point where normal people could yeah. get one. Yeah, yeah. So. That's why I got one, and yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so Sick. it's coming on. Awesome. So with that said, let us get started. Cars that do not make sense to build. Okay, first so we got Yeah, what wait, made wait, you think about gotta, this topic, first of all? <laughs> uh, probably our previous post about all... It, it seems like a lot of people dipped in about making a thousand horsepower blah 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 blah. it seems like everybody has a thousand horsepower and then the cars that they're doing it to it doesn't make sense yeah it's a complete in my eyes a waste of money okay so we can call those guys out like to put a thousand horsepower in a honda doesn't make any sense like you could do it like 100 percent. like go ahead do your thing but you can't tell me that it's a good car to drive and that it makes sense because without that, that car is like, it's gonna be worth like four grand. You're gonna put 50 Gs in it to make that thing go someplace and then you're never getting that money back out. I see where you're coming from. But isn't that most project cars that you never put in the money that you, that you in someday potentially will yeah, get I'd out? Yeah, I'd probably almost 90% of cars. Yeah. Aren't yeah, if you're doing. talking financially as an investment. Yeah. Right? Yeah then so, it's probably never worth it. Yeah. Almost. I would say you, if anything, being smarter, because I did all the dumb shit, <laughs> like 100%. Okay. I started with a Civic, spent too much money on it. Went to the next platform, spent too much money on it. And then I had to work my way up to where I'm now. Whereas that kind of stuff, you should only take it so far before you should move on to another platform. Like you need to be realistic in your expectations of a given platform. Yeah, and I really, honestly, I mean, this whole this whole subject matter of like worth it or not, always comes down to like what's the intended purpose. For oh, me, that's, that's exactly what it is. If you're building a drag car, okay, yeah. do it. You yeah, know, I guess. My problem with these guys is like they're building drag cars and pretending that they're still street cars because they have driven it from point A to point B at one time. <laughs> This is not something because there's so much of this stuff that's left out that makes it not a street car. Yeah. Like to produce a thousand horsepower, you're producing a tremendous amount of heat and you're using a lot of fuel. You're not driving that. And if you've spent the money to actually build a legitimate thousand horsepower, especially in a small displacement platform, you're not just going to be running it for no reason. No. Because you're on borrowed time. Yeah. So like, <laughs> you're on borrowed time. <laughs> like 100%. So there's just the reality of it. And these guys are all going crazy. And we see it. It's not, it's not a reliable thing to do. Mm -hmm. And But some people get tied up in like this weird mindset. And we've had a bunch of friends in the past that they want to take slow things and make them fast. Or they don't want to take bad cars and make them cool. So it, but it doesn't make sense. I get why you would do it, but it still just doesn't make sense. So you would rather buy a fast car and make it faster? Or what's the what's the formula? What's the formula? Yeah. Well, again, it's your intended use. So if you want a track car, you're going to go, if you just don't want to spend a lot of money, of course you're going to do a Miata or a Civic. And then you're going to learn a bunch of stuff. And then you're going to reach the limit of that platform where it doesn't make sense to make any, like, sure, you can do, go wild and turn it into whatever you want. <laughs> but for how much money? You're going to put another 25 grand into Miata when you could just buy, say, a three series BMW that gives you so much more potential and you can jump off and you can get them relatively cheap. Or do you just keep plowing money into your Miata and you're going to reach a ceiling? 
Yeah. So then you got to get smart and move into the next one. Mm-hmm. But some people just fall in love with brands. Yeah. Like they just go all in. Like they got the Honda tattoo and they're just, <laughs> this is it. I'm staying here forever. But even within the Honda brand, you'd probably want to progress to like an S2000. Yeah. Cause yeah, there's, 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 there's like tiers within the brands too, right? Yeah. So you can like, stay on brand, but you need to be smart about it. Yeah. Cause every one of them is manufactured to, for a, a kind of a purpose, right? Yeah. If you take like a, an, an Econo car, like a commuter car, like a Honda Civic, like we, we don't shit on Honda Civics <laughs> because we think they're horrible. Like we all love Honda Civics, yeah. like no doubt. But the, I mean, their purpose in life originally was it's a it's a commuter car yeah that's what it's you from it's a a entry point for the the person to start driving do it on the inexpensive it's it's fine and it's great and yeah you can make some crazy crazy race cars out of them but they're very expensive and like at the end of the day the platform like tim was saying only gets you kind of so far and then you start looking within that brand okay well you got the S2000, a great platform. It's going to be a lot more functional if performance is your game. I mean, it's also going to hold a better value financially. That's a cool thing, too. But then, like, oh, then you can tear up. You can get an NSX, <laughs> you know, and, like, you can do these things. So at what point does it make sense anymore? Yeah, because the reality of half these cars, you never see them for sale as a functioning race car yeah because in order to extract your money back out of them at even a decent level you they end up getting parted out because they're worth more as parts than they are together as a car okay yeah because no one's paying 50 grand for a civic no that's just it doesn't make sense like you can't like even if you had a hundred into it i don't think you could get 50 for a built no civic no so they end up parting out the motors parting out turbos parts selling it in pieces and then you see, you know, some $6,000 roller that's you know, <laughs> ready to go. But it might also not be worth it to, or oh, I've, I've, financially, I've, but if you're yeah. using it as a platform to learn and work your way through the things, then you have to put value on that too. Cause yeah. you're not going to start with a crazy platform and not know anything about cars. What if they don't want to sell it though? Like what if they just want to build it and just go from there? Yeah, then you just got to understand. There's a tremendous amount of value in that. You're never going to get your money back. Yeah. yeah. So it just doesn't make sense financially to do it. But if you're using it as a tool and you're going to put a value to what that's worth to you, then 100% do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think value is subjective to like your position of life as well. Like, I mean, maybe you can't start off with a fucking, you know, $100,000 platform and start from there. What if you got to start with that, that base model, whatever it is? Start from there, man. There's a lot of value in that, in in learning, like you said, learning how, you know, the appropriate things to do to modify your cars, to make them better at whatever your purpose is. You know, you do these things in levels and tiers and your your life position dictates a lot of that, honestly. Like, can you afford to do it? Can you, maybe you can't afford to do it, but maybe you're, you know, maybe you're good with your hands and you can build things and you can do all that. Is it worth it to do that? Maybe. Probably. I mean, that's the way I kind of look at it, but yeah. Oh yeah. So, and, kind of, so I think what like Tim is also saying is, uh, yeah, that's a, that's awesome. But you should also know, I guess when to stop, when to stop, but it's like, that's the tricky part is when, when do you know when to stop? Because yeah. I feel like it's so easy to go overboard or to be like, Oh shoot. Like look back at how many thousands of dollars you put into it. And it's already too late. Yeah, yeah, so I think you have to do your research because it is easy to get 
sunken into a project and then you just keep going and going and going and then the idea of starting something new is so overwhelming yeah that you just keep you know digging the hole keep digging the hole <laughs> and the next thing you know you're so heavily invested to this thing that's really maybe your abilities even your driving abilities are going to progress like maybe that'll get you to a point but then that car is going to be topped out and then you got to put a whole bunch of more money in it to try to progress it to the next level then it doesn't make sense you're never mm -hmm. recovering it so yeah. it's like being smart enough to move on to the next platform and being aware of it is like i think a lot of people make that mistake and then mm -hmm. that's why you see these crazy thousand horsepower over invested honda civic sitting everywhere well i haven't even seen one yet i've only seen one but <laughs> i've I, seen I, them on youtube i've seen them on, on occasion but i think they get overwhelmed because it's like trying to be able to use it you start realizing that you've done you messed up yeah, yeah you messed up I think we're at a weird time, like, well, let's not say weird, it's the wrong word, but we're at a time right now where, like, making power is so easy for almost anything, and then let's just get, that becomes the major topic of conversation, like, a lot, is, yeah. oh, you can make, like, these crazy, crazy numbers in horsepower, but, I mean, you're going to be overwhelming your chassis and your tire, we talk about this on occasion, too, like, I think it's a very you get to North a point American where you're, like, you're, you're overwhelming your, your grip level, I mean... It's time it's, to move on to a different platform. It's a very American attitude, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's very... And then that's where most of our content comes from. So, like, 90% of it is just chasing horsepower numbers. Whereas you go, like, European, they're all about going fast. Yeah, yeah. So, it's like they make the whole car fast. They're tuning suspension. They're stiffening the chassis. They're doing all these kind of things before they even start making horsepower. And then they build motors. But you look at the cars being built over there, they're fast cars to be driven fast. Here, they just want them to be fast. So I, to me, there's a differentiation. Like if you can't drive your car fast, it's, I don't know, it's kind of pointless to me. Yeah. Whereas there, it's like, I appreciate like DTM racing and all that kind of stuff because those cars are driven fast. And the roads there, everything there is about, the whole attitude is completely different. So here it's like, We've talked to about a hundred times. It's like the ability to touch a thousand horsepower is really easy right now. You got E85 and meth injection and big boost and stuff, but you don't actually have a thousand horsepower. Yeah, no, you don't. You don't. <laughs> like you touched it, but the difference be having it and touching it is completely different. You've seen my car. Like to be make it reliable, it's like the amount of expense is insane. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. So to do that to a lesser car it's like my car falls into a weird niche where i've been offered insane money for it so like it's like a unicorn yeah. but if i did all the same thing to a known platform that wasn't really oh. you would never get your money out of it yeah never so you have to either love it be using it as a learning tool or you're just going to get hammered and then i'm going to tell you when you want to do other things in your life later on and you're like oh i spent all my money on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like as you get older you just yeah so if anything it's just you got to watch people that are smarter mm -hmm. and be smart about what you're trying to accomplish because chasing horsepower is you'll never win like the old adage in drag racing is like if you want to be a millionaire drag racer you better start with three mm. and stop at one <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that makes me remember uh what's his name uh, taylor ray we both watch him but yeah. 
Uh, he started off with a Miata. It was pretty much stock, and then he put LS in it. Did a bunch of suspension stuff. He's a drifter. Um, but it got to a point where he got to the end of the chassis. He could have invested more money, and he kept on asking himself, ooh, should I invest more money into this thing, or should I just get something else and jump up from there? And mm -hmm. so he ended up getting a C6 Corvette, uh, that had also that it had already started to be built, but the guy never finished it, and so yep. he gave it to him, and then he's built it, and now it's. I think he says it's a much better chassis than the Mazda Miata. Yeah. So yeah. But see, that's the smart play. Whereas a lot of these things we were talking earlier this morning is like, once you get to a ceiling, and then to push beyond that ceiling you're not really driving what you started with anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like we were talking about like billet blocks and doing tube chassis and all this kind of stuff. You're no longer driving a Miata or a 3 Series BMW. <laughs> you're driving a race car now. Yeah, yeah. Full tube frame. Full tube frame all of that. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. control arms and yep. billet blocks and all this kind of stuff. You're, you're not driving. Like you can't even pretend that that is what it is. It's just skinned as that. That's like, actually that's a good idea for a podcast in the future. When does a car stop being said car i don't know what the topic is <laughs> but when does it stop being that car so for example your 240z yep um you started off with a stock 240z you cut the body off uh and so is that still a 240z because you're making a full tube frame chassis you're building everything from scratch so is that still a 240z or right. not I mean, so. that's, 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 a, that's a good question right that's that's the wolf in sheep's clothing yeah that's what it is yeah so like you can't really say that these cars are what they are anymore yeah so it doesn't make sense so if you're going to max out that platform then you should move on if you're going to carry on then go ahead but it's not what it is anymore yeah it's not like as soon as you start seam welding and putting chassis stiffeners in and roll cages and all that kind of stuff you're not driving a honda anymore it's something new now. Yeah. Because it's not, nobody else can achieve it without doing the same things. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's, yeah. So your Mercedes is not really a Mercedes anymore. No, not <laughs> <even> <laughs> it's basically an aesthetic. It's not even close to what it was. Yeah. yeah. So I can't go out there and be, you know, Mr. T Mercedes guy because it's not real. Yeah. It looks like a Mercedes, but it's not a Mercedes at no, all. No, underneath it's just the Underneath it's essentially a race car. Yeah. It's yeah, its own it's, thing, and it's not even based on a known. It's my own thing. I did it all to what I thought it was, and yeah, it might be good, might be bad. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> yeah very true, right? There is a point when uh, modifying something to that point, it just becomes something entirely different. Yeah, because you could basically pluck my body off and put a different one on. Yeah, <laughs> that's true, actually. Like, that's it, because yeah. there's, there's nothing there that makes it Mercedes anymore, mm -hmm. which is the same thing that goes for a lot of these other cars that they, they're they not really, like, I don't even think you should get to race in a Honda class anymore, because it's not Honda. There's nothing Honda about it anymore. <laughs> Your billet block, billet head, giant turbo, roll cage, all this kind of stuff, there's nothing left. Yeah. That's why you end up with Pro Mods. Pro Mods are essentially just a body on a chassis. Oh, Okay. So, I don't know. We kind yeah. of got... Yeah, we went off on a weird tangent. Weird yeah, tangent. I know. <laughs> but, uh, we'll discuss that in another episode. So, if you want to see that, It goes really deep know. into, like, modifying. For yeah. sure. It's so. crazy into it. Any cars that, yeah. to you, that don't yeah. make sense Some to build specifically? Shit, like, Omnis and, <laughs> and Gremlins and... <laughs> <laughs> up shit. 
like, <laughs> <laughs> I've actually seen a really cool gremlin. Like it was like yeah, it's LS it swapped, cool? wide body ish. Yeah. Since oh. when is it a gremlin anymore? So sick. <laughs> but do you think he's ever getting his money back no. out of that? Not a chance. No. I mean, yeah. I'm not trying to hate on anybody that does that kind of stuff. You do your thing. Like those projects are super fun because it's just it doesn't make sense. That's why it's fun. It's like this is ridiculous, but at the end, you can't pretend that those are good cars. No. No matter what you do, and they're it. certainly not worth it. Yeah, they're you not. Know, unless you're just building. doing it for your own personal joy. But yeah. I mean, you got the wild card in there that maybe you get some drunk guy that pays two hundred grand for it, a pair of Jackson. <laughs> yeah, it starts yeah I feel like up. I've seen some it's, some. Oh, it's happened. That happening. Hundred percent. But yeah. I think some people are actually even motivated by that. But that's not reality. Like it's, it happens now and again. But how many people have started something crazy, got so overwhelmed? And so deep into it, and then they die. I bet you there's a thousand cars <laughs> that died from potential than there is for one that gets sold. Oh, I see. What but you there mean. is a formula for cars out there that, that do pull money. Basically, any Porsche that you can build on your own, you will probably at least extract the expense of your parts out of it by okay. the time you're done and you sell it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not your labor if you're having a shop built it. And then say something like these Corvettes mm -hmm. right now is resto mods are worth 10 times more. Well, I wouldn't say 10, yeah. maybe five times more than a restored Corvette. Really? Yeah. Like the resto oh, mods are pulling shoot. way more money than, than like classic cars are all, they're kind of plateauing. Yeah. They yeah. Plateaued. Like we've yeah. set the bar and now these cars with an insane amount of money going into them. You can almost break even on them. That's try, pretty cool. Try five Chevys. Parts are so readily available. They're so inexpensive to build that by the time you're done building it, you can probably get almost all of your money back oh. out of it. What Especially if you're DIYing it, right? Yeah, if you DIY, DIY <laughs> it, you 100% can get your money out. Those cars consistently sell for like 75 grand. Ooh. And you can buy almost buy that entire car in a box. Wow, that's pretty cool. Like you can order every part, piece, screw, you name it. Like, What, what about like a classic Mustang? Mm, I don't know if Mustangs are quite there yet. Really? Yeah, the production numbers are so high on those mm. things. Whereas like a lot of these Corvettes, they're pulling money. C10 pickups, you can build relatively cheap and get good money for them. Yeah. What else is there? Mm. Yeah, Porsches we've seen over the last 10 years is like you can for sure get your money back out of them. Yeah, I think Porsche, the Porsche market is really strong and I feel like it's only going to go up from here uh, because even back in the 90s and 80s when I was not around, I've heard that some of those earlier 911s, you could get them for almost nothing. Yeah, they were sitting in carports everywhere, <laughs> but everybody was you know gonna fix it one day and never did now they're crazy insane and even a lot of this jdm stuff is like the modified versions of it are not worth money now trying to find a clean stock unmolested version they're like they're insane money yeah like a clean stock supra, supra smart four skylines like look what they cost and they yeah. buy them first thing they do is they try to get them back to stock yep so those cars are right now are kind of like the classic cars of you know, 15 years ago. Yeah. So I, like the whole sort of timeline is shifted one. And those are the cars that everybody wants unmolested. It's so interesting because um, you would think not that that's not happening, but I listened to a podcast. I forgot what, which one it was. It might've been smoking tire that had uh, someone from bring a trailer on. Um, and uh, they also said, they were like, Oh, guess what is the most popular generation for car sales? 
on bring a trailer and they were like oh 70s maybe 80s or like no 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 like 90s i would say it's the 90s. 90s stuff like early 90s and i'm like oh wow that's pretty interesting well, i think all the, the previous shift. platforms have been around long enough that people are have had enough time to admit that they're not great mm -hmm. so you got your stock hundred thousand dollar fully restored chevelle and then you drive it for a couple of years and you're like man this thing is just not good yeah and then that's the transition into resto mods and then now all of us 90s kids are wanting to buy those things that we remember were the hot cars at yeah, that yeah. time. <laughs> and then we buy those and you're like, oh, this is shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you gotta start there. So I think those cars are probably gonna end up the same as like Chevelles, Camaros, Corvettes, mm. where they're basically all resto modded. Cause you wanna be able to drive them and drive them well, but they're not good. They're terrible cars. Like yeah. they're just horrible. You got a bench seat and a giant motor and no suspension, skinny <laughs> tires. like. They're not fun to drive, and we've driven a bunch of them, but now you can make them into good cars. Mm -hmm. So I think that transition is like those 90s cars are probably a bit better to drive, but they got bad electronics, yeah. weak-ass motors. So they're, you're going to see... Plastic. You're gonna, yeah. I think you're going to start seeing a lot of resto-modded 90s cars. I think so. Because for me, like my dream car when I was a kid was a 300ZX, but it's a mm. terrible car. It's a brick. But I, I would love, love to take things. one one day and make it good. Yeah, I love. I literally just watched a video of a three. It was a Z thirty one. So not. Yeah, it was. Was that the three hundred ZX or? Yeah, I believe yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. But it was like the earlier one before the. Oh, the one right before the. Yeah, the one yeah. still with kind of pop ups. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so that one, uh, the guy that that dude in blue, he drove the car. And it was LS swapped and it had 500 horsepower, naturally aspirated. It was, mm. and he said it was the best swap that he had driven. Like it was pretty much fully restored, uh, restored, but it, it wasn't perfect. Like there were some things that I saw like on the body panels and all that. But for the most part, like it looked really nice and mm -hmm. well done. And he said it was the best chassis that he had seen an LS swap work with. Which was really cool. I'm like, ooh, I want a 300ZX now. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> Put that on the list of, I must have this at least once in my life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. those would be fun ones. Yeah. Awesome. Any any other cars that you guys are thinking would be like a good, um, what was the, I always forget this thing. Uh, like it'll be any other cars you guys are thinking that will be good for making sense to build and probably sell maybe down the future and they can make money from it? Mm. Mm. No, nothing makes sense. No? No. <laughs> I, I honestly don't know. I'm no, there's some, myself. yeah, there's some, yeah, I don't know. I'd say there's probably, I think C4 Corvettes are probably going to be good because if you could put an LS in them, you're staying on brand and it's a kind of a cool car. Mm-hmm. Mm. I know like E30 stuff, like Spencer's E30 probably would go for a lot more than a stock E30 because he put a an M52 motor in it. Is that what that is? is I the, think so. The 2.8. Yeah. So I think those, I think, go for more. I think the E30 market in general is pretty hot for like the ones that are engine swapped for the most part or like yeah. E30 yeah. M3s and all of that. But like, yeah, I think that is probably a good one yeah probably bmws just because it is easy to swap them yeah and to better motor so don't 
kill me again. <laughs> but yeah, those ones make sense if you do them right. And if you do them, like we talked about in the previous podcast, if you do them with all stock BMW parts, they look perfect. It looks yeah, like it, it looks should OEM. be OEM. It's yeah. really cool. So if you do it in that respect, then those cars do pull money, but you got to do them really clean. Yeah, yeah. So you can't, those guys are not looking for hot rod style swaps. No. Like no. They want it to be all on brand, yep, all yeah. the proper parts and pieces, and then they do do good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'd say BMW is probably unique in that platform. You can do that. Yeah. Like you get into like Mercedes, it's not an easy swap. Like it's not a bolt in mm-hmm. thing. Like every platform is almost just paired to that motor sort of family. Like you don't see easy swaps happening in all those Benzes. Mm-hmm. But a BMW, like the range is huge. Yeah. Like you got like a 20 year window to choose from that'll fit. Pretty cool. Yeah. BMW kind of did it right on that level, didn't they? Yeah, mm-hmm. they didn't yeah. over-engineer stuff, whereas, like, we're putting that M113 in the 190, and it's not even close. we got to do everything. <laughs> Modify everything. Everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. it's true. It's mm-hmm. like, it's almost there, but it's not, so you got to, like, touch everything. Yeah. That's why I say the but C4, it's cool. C5s, those ones are, are be cool ones, because yeah. they'll bolt right in. Yeah. And you could make it look like it belonged in there. Yeah, yeah. And then it's a good car, but if you like the styling, but, I mean... Yeah, I think if you're a German car enthusiast, like I think classic Benz, Benzos, like Mercedes, BMWs, I think they all kind of make sense in a way, kind of depends on your level of ability and financial position. But I think they're always going to be like something that is desirable for a lot yeah, of people. The styling of them are so nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so and, good. and honestly, mm. the chassis itself from the factory the the german engineers man they had it on point they did a really good job they make good driving cars now sadly most of the electronics like tim was touching on a little bit like it kind of sucked yeah it was a bad time yeah it was and a like bad you kind of <laughs> almost have to commit to just redoing it all. <clears throat> excuse me and that kind of sucks but because their motor platforms are it. great but like the fuel injection systems and the electronics are horrible so yeah. if you can bring them up to modern specs, then they're tremendous. Because they're not they're not weak cars. Like they were not underpowered. They just were lacking a little bit. Yeah. And I think it was kind of like how cars just were all across the board, every manufacturer of that time. This kind of was a weak time. Mm-hmm. Everything was like so fresh. Technology was like just coming on. And like everybody was trying to do great things. And like especially like the luxury car market that we all kind of desire. Like they were trying to do all these wild things that just sadly it didn't hold up. They don't hold up <laughs> right now. Like, no. and, and that's, you can find these cars for cheap. Yeah. Good prices, you know? but it also comes with a bunch of headaches a lot of time. Right. So a lot of it, going is, into it, if you know that, yeah, then you're like, okay, I'm willing to invest. Yeah. We were talking about this. the Ferrari, like the Testarossa yeah, yeah. right away. You know, it's hilarious. He actually called me yesterday. No way. I'm not even joking. <laughs> <laughs> so random. That's so funny. So, uh, yeah, like those things, like the single best thing you can do to it is put electronic fuel injection in it. Mm. And it literally completely transformed the car. Wow. But they're stuck in that weird collector car. That one that yeah, I drove. Furious thing. That uh, Ferrari that I drove, did it have um, no, fuel injection? No, it had, yeah, the K-tronic, like mechanical style oh it's still mechanical oh, yeah. it still felt great because yeah, you, yeah. you you drove what the the, the testarossa the early iteration yeah, the of early the one. Testarossa, yeah, yeah, yeah. 87 or 88 yeah. yeah yeah but to get that fuel injection system rebuilt to the point where it works now the way you experienced it is like 
eight to ten thousand dollars. Yeah, so but, a huge investment. Yeah, but I think you're gonna get your money worth of it, like worth right when you're selling it. Yeah, yeah, because like from a collector car. So those yeah. ones are still sort of in between the two different markets. Mm -hmm. But then you got people now that have an insane amount of money, and they're not looking at it as an investment. They're looking at it as like I want to drive this. Yeah. Thing. So then you got to make the transition to like electronic fuel injection and a few other things, and then the car is reliable mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. great. It's like, yeah. And you get immediately more horsepower. Yeah, yeah. Like the, I think the increase by doing just the electronic fuel injection is like fifty horsepower. Yeah, it's oh it's crazy. Enough, I've looked into it. Like we talked about it a little bit before. It's pretty wild and like. Oh, who doesn't want to do that? Like, yeah. man, then give me a Testarossa with modern fuel injection. Easy. Yes. Then it's yeah. basically a daily driver at that That's point. That's so cool. Sounds awesome. Yeah, I love those cars. And it'll probably cost you less than rebuilding the old one that's problematic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, but the, the the problem at that point is like you need to be at that place in life where like you're not worried about like that financial Resale. investment. You're yeah. like, I, I want this just so I can drive it. And like kind of comes back to the, the whole topic of today is like, what makes sense to you in the moment. So yeah, I think that's you know? the three stages of car ownership. What is it? It's, I don't give a shit what it costs. <laughs> like, I just want to do it. And then you have that transition period where it's like, oh man, I wasted a lot of money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. So then your next version of it is, I don't want to do some of these things because I don't want to devalue my yeah, investment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you can get to the point where it's like, I don't really care who owns this car after me. I'm you keeping it till I'm dead. Yeah, exactly. I just want to enjoy it. So okay, spend now, as much money as now you we want. can put some money into yeah. it and make it drivable and reliable. Because when I'm gone, I don't really care. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like those are the three stages that That's like good. And we're kind of in the middle stage, but we're not that smart. So we still do a lot of <laughs> dumb we're working on it. Yeah, we're trying to get smarter at it, but yeah. we still see the value in just yeah. doing wild. Shit doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. So awesome. well, but we're trying to get better, but. We're not good at it. Yeah. yeah. One day. No. One day. Maybe. But we we put a lot of value just in fun up. Just because yeah. it's fun. It is fun. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, if you're doing it just for fun, get wild. Yeah. Do whatever you want. Awesome. With that said, anything else? Nope. I feel like we've covered all bases. You're here. gonna have to chop this one up. Yeah, I know. All, <laughs> all over, the over the place. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a good conversation though. Yeah, yeah. it was good. Awesome. We will see you guys next week. Let us know what you guys think about uh, our opinion or our ramblings. Yeah. <laughs> Tim's opinion. <laughs> Let us I know. agree. I agree with what you're saying. <laughs> Let us know if yeah. you want to have just a random conversation kind of chat. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is going to pull a hot take out of this. That's going to get me roasted again. But, yeah, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> it's fine. Okay. See you guys next week. Bye.